The Lady Eighty Show podcast. We talk about books, everything about books, and have great interview with authors. Here's one now. Well, today it's our pleasure to introduce to you Sandra Peachy. Uh, I met Sandra through networking, I believe, and when she revealed that she'd got a book and book out there, I asked her about it. In fact, I think we were at an exhibition together. And she's produced something called Peaches Letters. Now, it's been quite interesting how this book has evolved because in February 2012, um, Sandra began a blog called Peachy Letters, which was a love letter to life. And so it's quite interesting that we are in, we're recording this in the month of February and the whole Valentine fact, we're actually recording on Valentine's Day 2023. And um, I just love that this book was full of love letters to everyday life. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And you produced it, uh, published it in twenty. 20- 15 and it achieved um, finalist status in the International Book Awards and now we're on the 10th anniversary where you're actually recording the audiobook so welcome Sandra and how is the audiobook going? Oh thank you for that yeah audiobook's going well um recorded it in a London sorry can't speak recorded it in a studio in London and just waiting to do some post-production work on it and then it's ready to go ready to go ready wow (laughs) and was it much of a different experience doing it as an audiobook to actually creating it and writing it I mean it's interesting and you as you say quite rightly it's the 10th anniversary so uh yeah it was just uh hadn't looked at it for a long time but I wanted to celebrate you know, this this milestone for my first published book. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, I thought, would it still be relevant 10 years on? And I just think they are universal themes. But yes, I, I could get different um, different sort of sparks from it, you know, in, in listening to it rather than reading it. It is a really interestingly different experience, I think. It yeah. is, isn't it? And, it? and it just gives um, readers or listeners um, more chance to to hear it. And did yeah. you um, record it yourself? Is it your voice of the letters? Yes, it is me. Yeah, I mean, right. they're very much my my letters. So I want to be the person that, yeah, you know, that I feel it the most. So I, I was the one that read it. Absolutely. 
Excellent. Let's just step back a little bit because you're saying mm -hmm. that as a small child, when you're learning your words, that um, how how did you learn words? What what was it that captured you even as youngster? I just um, got the sense that I was always a writer that I was born that way, you know, and I was fascinated by words. I learned my ABCs at school. But I remember that um, my father had this amazing, loopy, beautiful, creative handwriting. And I, you know, I'd grab a scrap of paper and just imitate this desperate to start writing myself, you know, <laughs> letters and stories and all these things that were in my head. So, yeah. And you're quite unusual that from the age of 11 that you'd read um, psychology books. Yeah. Um, I just uh, had that fascination. I think part of it was uh, my mother, who um, I think you'd call her bipolar now. But, you know, her moods could change a lot. And I, I became a people watcher, you know, because the mood she had could vary from day to day, really. And I, know, I don't remember consciously thinking that at the time, but I gravitated towards books that could help me understand body language and psychology and, and that sort of thing as well. And, uh, you know, I could be reading a body language book on the bus to school and sort of, you know, peering around and seeing if I could apply these things to the people around me. So it was always an obsession, really. Okay. And then you used that, um, well, that directed you into the career that you had in, co yeah. in corporate world. That's right. So what, what did you end up doing then? So uh, in my corporate life, I became a human resources expert. So it's the people piece. It's managing people, but it's, uh, it's taken an interest in people um, and their development um, and, and communication and all this sort of thing as well. And ultimately that led on as well to my becoming a coach. So, you know, I've worked as a life coach and a business coach as well. So, and then alongside that, I'm writing these beautifully crafted policies, procedures, letters, you know, so I just managed to meld everything into my work. So yeah, perfect storm. So you've got the dryness of report writing in corporate yeah. world compared yeah. with what the peachy letters came about yes. um although was there anything to do with the personal development community the damsels in success as you say now yeah. simply sisterhood was that you know, did that coexist or happen at the same time uh, you know i have to credit that really with my getting the book published i think because uh i started a blog um, as you say, back in, in 2012, I started writing these love letters, which I felt were intensely personal things that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't be interested in some middle-aged woman's maunderings about her life, you know. Um, and within that community, I started posting my blogs sort of in secret, you know, not in secret, in safe spaces online. And I got really amazing feedback and just uh, encouragement, you know, to, to move forward with it practically from the first letter you know I wrote to my father um, and he's been gone you know over 35 years now but again you know you could just write in the letter to him it was just an amazing connection back to him and the memories that I had of him you know and and people really seemed to resonate with that but it wasn't just letters about my father you know as you said you know just some really fundamental ordinary things that were going on for me you know uh trivial things, things that I would laugh about, things that I would contemplate, 
you know, life, love, um, loss of uh, loss of love, loss of family. You know, because my mother died during the the writing of the book. So yeah, you know, and, and just letter writing, just and as you said, the tone would be completely opposite to what would be a dry corporate document. Mm. Um, and this is just like free reign from my head. You know, creativity. It's quite poetic. You know, a lot of people have reflected back to me like an easy read it just flows you know and uh yeah it just it was an amazing experience to write it did you set yourself a challenge of um a number of days to write all the letters i did because um i'm terrible at meeting goals you know unless i've got uh some defined target and some encouragement and support so i've done lots of writing as i said you know since i was a child but uh so many nearly finished projects and I just thought no now is the time really to you know if you said to yourself that's your identity that you're a writer you've really just got to go there now and so yeah I I set up a blog and I set myself a challenge it was February so I thought well what better way you know to celebrate than to say I'm going to write a love letter every single day of the month of February it would of course happen to be a leap year so I oh, couldn't okay. get away with 28. I had to write 29. <laughs> um, but yes, um, and I, you know, and I made it a blog partly because then I would have to stick to it. You know, like if I shared it with the world, you know, I have no alternative but to go through with it and just post every single day. So I did. You know, sometimes I was I was writing this out at um, 10 o'clock at night or obsessing over it or some days it just kind of flowed out in minutes almost, you know, but I did it. So, yeah, that worked yeah. for me. So, um, of course, you know, a, a book and every chapter being a letter um, is I think it's called Epistle kind of right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a lovely technique to go from one subject to another, as you like. But what I did enjoy very much was in your introduction, you actually use your surname, Peachy, to do a disquisition on a peach. And this had me chuckling away. And I just thought it was just as well that was your name, wasn't it? Because yeah. I know I get a lot of comments on my name, but... You've even gone into the anatomy of a peach and, um, of course, yourself. So what? why did you want to explain that even more? Um, to be fair, the nature of blogs and the, the way I'd written, you know, the original posts, um, there were so many different subject matters um, and it really was quite random. I just went with the flow with the whole thing. Um, when I came to the stage of getting the book published and edited and all that sort of thing, you know, I thought I would just say basically to my publisher, here are all my blog posts, off you go. And they came back to me and said, no, actually, you've got to give it a structure. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, how do I uh, take all these random uh, posts, random subject matter and give it some structure, give it some flavour, some creativity? And yes, you know, the book, book title itself, it's the name of my blog as well. It plays on my surname, you know, um, in American English. It peaches something that's good, that's wonderful. You know, things are going well. So, yes, it's a bit of a play on that. But um, I went away and researched. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but I went away and researched the peach. And, and, it's, and I'm fascinated with language and the history of it, you know, and it's been around a long time. So I could sort of 
tell a story then about, you know, where the word came from, give it some depths of meaning, you know, because it's interesting. It's it's sunny and happy in American English, but in Old English, it kind of means simple one, you know. So it's got this real sort of dichotomy of meaning to it and layers. But yes, it was a play on that and it was a way to give it a structure. So I took a peach, literally. And as I worked through the chapters then, I would talk about, you know, different elements of the peach. Got right, a yes. very metaphorical That's mind. Why it's got yeah. the seed, the stone, the flesh. Exactly. The skin, yeah. The fruit, the harvest, the juice and and the tree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't clicked on that until you just said, <laughs> but yeah, because I was just looking at you know, a letter to the stone, a letter to my clown. And um uh what one that I particularly noted was um a letter to to um to food. Oh yes. <laughs> and um I mean you say if music be the food of love, play on. And if music be the love of food, game on. And then saying that food being quite important to you, not just on the <laughs> physical side. So yes. what was your letter about then to food? What was it? Um, it was it was that day's obsession. I was probably thinking about, as I often do, you know, what's for dinner, planning my menu for the week. And I, but, and I you know, if I have um, various identities, one of them will be as a foodie you know, really. So I wanted to get into that and celebrate it. And again, like you could, I, I would start a letter without planning a structure or anything. And, you know, it occurs to me again that there's there's layers of meaning, there's fascinations to it. There's, it's kind of, it, that one I quite like because it's quite jokey and irreverent, I think. Um, uh, and, and I joke about my love for it, really. You know, and I celebrate it in a sort of a humorous way. Uh, but there are layers of meaning to it, you know, um, Food, you know, quite often has a history behind it as well and, and layers of fascination. So it's just partly as well that you can celebrate. If you look for the positive in anything around you, you can find it there. And I sort of use love, if you like, as a metaphor for positivity, you know, and taking a, a glasses half full approach. If you've read the book, you know, it's not all happy, clappy, Pollyanna. You know, there is the darkness in there. There is like coming to a resolution my inner coach you know basically um yes you can you can actually celebrate what could seem quite mundane or you know what could seem quite serious in your life excellent and the other one i and i i read this um a little while back i just picked it up again and the letter to photographs and uh, it's yes. yeah and just how you capture that moment in time and which is particularly poignant for me because at this moment in time, um, I'm putting together um, the uh, celebration of life for my mother and the programme, which will be made up of a lot of photographs. So over the weekend, I was trawling over the family photographs, going through about 25 albums to discover that my mum really did not like having her photo taken. So I would go right way through a photograph album to find one picture of her in it because yeah. she was always behind the camera rather than in front of it. So, you know, with Minding the Birdie, um, you say about in your hoarding places, you've got thousands of photographs. Yeah. So what, what was that letter to the photo, dear photos? 
so again it was um just realizing that i am obsessed with them you know as um as a kid, I'd go on holiday and insist on lugging around my packet. You know, we used to go down to the shop and get them developed. And I'd lug my little packet around desperate to tell people about, you know, and tell them the story. Again, you know, despite the fact I was saying it, it was always this storytelling piece. And I think what I like now about social media is I can do that on Facebook and people don't feel obliged to look at them. They can look at them. <laughs> they don't so they're not forced to anymore. I don't do that my family and friends no at uh, one point you'd invite friends over to dinner and show them the slideshow of all your pictures from your yes, holidays exactly. didn't you <laughs> exactly you know and you yes you remember that as a child or cin cinema reels or that sort of thing so That's yeah right. and uh, it's just that I really love photographs you know I'm a visual person and they do sort of jump you straight back to memories or if you show it to someone else you know again I was showing someone some photographs on my phone um, that to a friend I hadn't seen for a while and typical of me there was a story you know uh, and it sparked memories for my friend you know and, and again yeah. so we, we're sharing stories and it just sparks off this sort of this discussion and this immediate sort of hyperlink to memory and that a lot of us have similar experiences or that or there are different flavors on it you know and that's can spark some really interesting conversations okay. Well, the um, subtitle to your book um, is on how to question, celebrate and live life to the full. Mm. And I guess that fits in with your coaching as well. Yeah, now. Definitely. So, um, brilliant. so tell me, um, Sandra, what tips do you have about writing or reading? Um, I know a lot of people say, how do I get started? And I say, you need to put pen to paper or finger to keyboard, really, and write. Um, if you've got an idea, you know, in your head, uh, you can give things structure later. I gave the structure to my book, you know, after I'd written all the blog posts, for example. Or, you know, there are programs and, um, and coaching situations, courses you can buy, which will take you through a structure. And it will depend on why you're writing the book. If it's a business book, you might want it to be more structured. Mine was, as you say, a, a letter of epistles, a book of epistles, you know. And I just wanted to have real free reign with that and, and just have my own style and content and structure to it. Um, and I would always say as well, you should, I would advise you to read around, you know. So I read quite widely. Um, I read, you know, uh, personal development, fiction. I listen to audio books. I read Kindle. I read paperbacks. And it's quite wide. Um, and I think that informs what I'm doing. But I'm always very careful not to make a comparison. And I think that's where some people can be put off. Like, oh, I could never write a book as good as that. Or, oh, no, that book's been written. And I would just say to every single person out there who's considering writing, only you can write your book. It's a cliche, but it's true. It'll be your voice, your words, your concept. And I wrote a book on love. I mean, how many millions of books will have been written about love, you know, but only I could have written peachy letters. Yeah, that's right. It's that unique voice. So I seek for my authors to find that as well. So yes. just coming to our conclusion, um, what is your favourite quote? Oh, well, it has to be a literary one, of course. Um, and mine comes from a childhood obsession with Peter Pan. So it's, so come with me where dreams are born and time is never planned. 
just think of happy things and your heart will fly on wings in Never Neverland. So that's from J.M. Barry from his book, Peter Pan. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. brilliant thank you so much it's been a delight just having a small insight into your world how peachy letters love letters to life came about and um i i actually might actually go and listen to you um read it yourself from the audiobook so sandra peachy thank you so much thank you lady thank you for listening to the lady ad show podcast Come back, subscribe, and we'll do this all over again. Bye-bye.